Welcome to the Christmas special episode of Politics Weekly. On the last Politics Weekly of 2018, we look back at the show's first year on air. We also discuss Mattis' resignation as Defense Secretary, Trump pulling out of Syria, and more. anniversary of the birth of the Prince of Peace, my fellow Americans and I extend our warmest greetings to you, the people of Berlin. The greatest privileges that a president of the United States has is to light the Christmas tree, the nation's Christmas tree, because it belongs to all the nation here in the nation's capital. The glow of Christmas, however, should come from a power source, which we will never run short of our abiding faith and our love of God. I have my best wishes and support, and that the whole world awaits the peace that they can bring us on this Christmas day. Now, I have another piece that's about Christmas that uh, I'd like to read to you because I think it tells a great deal about this day. It's called One Solitary Life. You know what that means, just one single life and I think it describes the meaning of Christmas during this most special time of year Hillary and I would like to wish all of you good health good cheer and the fellowship of family and friends every year during the holidays families across America gather to celebrate our blessings and we unite to share those blessings with others particularly in this time of giving our thoughts turn to fellow citizens who face hardship or illness or loneliness their burden often seems even greater at Christmas time. Yet the hope of this season was meant for them as well. This weekend, as you gather with family and friends, Michelle and I wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. We're getting near that beautiful Christmas season and people don't talk. They don't use the word Christmas because it's not politically correct. You go to department stores and they'll say Happy New Year, they'll say other things. and. It'll be red, they'll have it painted, but they don't say, well, guess what? We're saying Merry Christmas again. Welcome to the Politics Weekly Christmas Special. Politics Weekly had a wild first year on air. And before we get into the news, we're going to look back at some of the most memorable moments from the past 25 episodes. So this is my uh, my first podcast. All right. With the uh, the global agenda. There you go. Okay. So this segment is going to be about the New York governor's race. We're going to talk about 
the governor's race. Uh, so I'm here now with Omar Yacobi. Uh, hello there. Hi. So well, thank you again, everyone, for uh, listening to my first podcast. Obviously, there might have been a few errors today, but thank you all for bearing with me. Uh, I will try and better myself in podcasts to come, so thank you very much. to confirm Brett Kavanaugh and more. Hey, how are you? Pretty good. Alright, so uh, why don't we get started? Let me just plug my phone in and then we can get started. Hey guys, welcome to Politics Weekly. I'm again, I'm here again, just like last week, uh, with Ray Sean. Hi. I am here this week with a very, very special guest. He was a candidate for governor, he was a Democratic candidate for governor of Kansas in 2018. Uh, he's become a good uh, friend of mine. He's, um, he didn't win, but most people said he could only get 1% of the vote. He got nearly 4% of the vote that night. Uh, Jack Bergeson, thank you for joining me, Jack. Welcome back to Politics Weekly. I'm here this week with my father, Jeff Cleary. Bush has died at the age of 94. His listener, 
welcome to Politics Weekly. Uh, we are back after, I think, uh, two weeks, and I'm here with uh, my uncle, Craig Robbins. Hey, welcome. Glad to be here. Solve the world problems. And but I, do you, I, don't, I don't hear that in America. <laughs> do, uh, <laughs> do you think that uh, If you win in 2020, but Republicans end up keeping control of the Senate, how do you plan to find a way to get Medicare for all passed through the U.S. Senate? That's a very good question. Um, I have a question for y'all, too. Do y'all want me to keep suppressing my accent, or do y'all want me to just talk normal? I don't mind. It's just, it's fine. I don't, I'd rather you talk the way you normally talk. Okay, um, let's get to, let's get to that. Um, okay, do you want me to quote the Bible to you right here? Um, this is where I read this verse to a lot of uh, anti-abortion. Um, Goddamn, where is it? Um, there is a verse in the Book of Numbers that tells women who cheat on their husbands to get abortions. Let me find that. Let me find it. Uh, Numbers, 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 numbers. Just give me a few minutes. Hold on. <laughs> then the priest shall take the grain offering of jealousy from the woman's hand, off shall have the offering before the Lord and bring it to the altar. And the priest shall take a handful of offering as its memorial portion, burn it on the altar, and afterward make it for the woman to drink the water. Hello. Hey. Hi. Uh, I know this is short. Would you be interested in doing the podcast right now? Yeah, I could do it. Okay. All right. Uh, let's start in three, two, one. Okay. Hello. Welcome back to Politics Weekly. Uh, we are here today for the Christmas special. Merry Christmas, everyone. And we are here back with. Rashawn Blyden. Thank you for joining me again, Rashawn. Thank you. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. All right. So we've got uh, this this week. There was a lot of news. Uh, let's jump right into it. First of all, uh, uh, a court in Texas has ruled Obamacare to be unconstitutional. What are your thoughts on this? I've always been on. I just don't know if it's when it goes to the Supreme Court, if it makes it there, if it's going to stand. 
do you do you think that um if it does go to the Supreme Court, how do you think John Roberts and uh, Brett Kavanaugh might decide? Well, John Roberts, I, I think he's from time to time, you know, sided with the liberals. So I, I think he he's up in the air. I think Kavanaugh may may side with the, the conservative wing. So. Because mm. Roberts, he did that before, I believe, didn't he? Said that it was a this week, yes, right. This week he did, yes. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't count on him. All right. Um, anything else you have to say on this issue, or should we move on? Yeah, I, I just don't think it. I think if it makes it to the Supreme Court, I think it's just, it's just gonna, uh, it's gonna stand the way it is now. All right. So let's move on to the governor's race in Louisiana. So in Louisiana, uh, in 2019, uh, there is going to be a governor's race. Most people are either going to focus on the Senate races in 2020 or the presidential election in 2020. That'll be mostly what people are going to be focusing on. But what people tend to gloss over is that there's going to be three different governor's races all of which are in states Donald Trump won overwhelmingly. There's Mississippi. uh, There's a governor's race. Phil Bryant, the incumbent, is ineligible to run again due to term limits. Um, That is expected to be a largely nationalized race. That should be easy, an easy win for Republicans. But right now, the popular attorney general uh, there has said that he, who's been in office since 2004, has said has declared that he will run uh, for the open seat. So that could uh, Jim Hood, that's his name, Jim Hood. So he could make that race competitive. Um, and uh, and some people some people believe that Tate Reeves, the Republican lieutenant governor, uh, is expected to run. Um, but uh, there's that race. There's also the Kentucky election. Uh, where right now um, Andy Bashir, the uh, Attorney General uh, of Kentucky, um, and uh, the uh, for the son of former Governor Steve Bashir and uh, Rocky Adkins, the Minority Leader of the Kentucky House of Representatives, are both running against Matt Bevin. Again, that should be an easy win because it's Kentucky, but Matt Bevin currently has low approval ratings and no Republican governor uh, in Kentucky history has ever uh, won re-election to a second term. Only one actually tried. Ernie Fletcher tried to run for re-election, but he lost uh, re-election in 2007 when he ran. Um, So um, Matt Bevin is uh, hoping to uh, he is hoping, in spite of his low approval ratings and in spite of history, he's hoping that political gravity will help him get reelected because he, he he's trying to argue that if you look at a lot of the races in 2018, political gravity won out in a lot of those uh, races. Uh, so he's hoping that uh, that will help that will help skyrocket him to victory. Um, however, uh, we'll just have to see. But what I want to talk about right now is in Louisiana, um, right? Uh, John Bell Edwards is the incumbent Democratic governor um, who is running for reelection. Now, if there's anything the 2018 midterms taught us, uh, it's that just because uh, 
a a party does really well typically in that in a state doesn't automatically guarantee that uh that in that a popular incumbent from the other party can lose because if you look at Massachusetts, your home state, Charlie Baker won re-election by a landslide, as did Larry Hogan in the overwhelmingly Democratic state of Vermont, or no, sorry, in Maryland, uh, and in Vermont, where you know it's Bernie Sanders' home state, overwhelmingly Democratic state, the Republican governor. Uh, Phil Scott easily got reelected to another two uh, two years in that state this year, um, but uh, so the same the opposite could happen for John Bell Edwards, who's running for reelection in Louisiana. He is um, uh, a Democratic governor, but he could end up winning reelection uh, to a second term, uh, even though he is a Democrat in Louisiana, is a red state. Um, and currently, if you look at his approval numbers, he is indeed the most popular uh, Democratic governor currently in the country. However, uh, that still doesn't mean Republicans are giving up on this race because there was a poll that did show that uh, a majority of citizens in Louisiana, I think over 60 percent of citizens in Louisiana, um, want a new governor uh, in the state. So that could help. A potential Republican. There was a rumor that John Neely Kennedy, the current United States senator in Louisiana, was going to run, but he has declined the offer to run. Um, but this week, Congressman Ralph Abraham has announced that he will run again. Um, uh, he has nothing to lose uh, if because it is an off year. So even if he loses, he doesn't lose a seat in Congress. He gets to continue serving in Congress, even if he loses this governor's race. But he has said that he will run. Um, and Louisiana is a little bit different because in uh, in statewide elections, there, there are no primaries. They have what's called a jungle primary where everybody who uh, registers legally to run uh, is on the ballot uh, on uh, in November. They're on the ballot in November. Um, and unless one of the many people running gets 50% of or more on election day, they, uh, they typically, uh, lead to a runoff. Um, but, uh, what are your thoughts on Ralph Abraham getting in, uh, a congressman getting into this race? And do you think he has a chance to defeat John Bell Edwards in Louisiana? Yeah, I, I think he has a chance. I mean, if the polls are correct, like you said, 60% of the people, they want change. So, there's a, there's a chance he might win, and he has nothing to lose, like you said, because it's an off year. So mm-hmm. I say, why not go for it? Now, there was also a poll that came out. Even though there is a poll that does show people want change, there's also a poll out that shows that um, the people of – or there's a poll out that shows that um, – uh, there is a poll out there right now that shows that most of the people that were expected to run, um, uh, or mo- yeah, most of most well, it's, there there are a bunch of polls out from a bunch of potential candidates, uh, including Ralph Abraham, um, and most of them show John Bell Edwards leading right now. There are two Republicans in the race. Uh, there's uh, Eddie R- uh, Raspone. Uh, who is an industrial CEO and a Republican donor, 
and there is Ralph Abraham, who is a congressman. Um, the polls between here, here are what the polls with Eddie Respone shows. In September, a poll was taken that showed John Bell Edwards was leading uh, Respone by a whop by a whopping fifty-two to twenty-nine percent. Um, uh, Survey USA took a poll in October that showed him leading by a whopping forty-seven to thirty-three percent, and a poll in December uh, from the eleventh to the twelfth showed Bell Edwards leading forty leading leading Respone uh, forty-six to thirty-nine. In terms of the congressman, uh, a poll in February showed Bell Edwards leading uh, fifty-one to twenty-eight. A, a poll in September showed him leading 48 to 35. A poll in October showed him leading 45 to 37. However, a poll taken from December 11th to the 12th did show Bell Edwards leading uh, 44 to 44. Um, so that could be a good sign for Eddie Raspone. There was there was only one candidate that showed that was that actually was leading Bell Edwards and that candidate potential candidate, was John Neely Kennedy. However, John Neely Kennedy has said that he will not run, which eliminates the possibility of him becoming governor. Um, Do you think that in spite of these poll numbers, um, Abraham still has a chance? Uh, It's going to be tough, but if he does have a chance, he'll probably probably win slightly. But I don't know if he'd get 50%, so it might lead to a runoff. Hmm. All right. Uh, anything else you have to say on that? No. All right. So let's move on to the 2020 Senate races. In 2020, most people will be looking at the presidential election, but it's important not to forget about the, the Senate races and congressional races as the balance of power uh, in both the House and the Senate will be tested in 2020. Uh, Democrats need uh, need four seats to take back the Senate. They only need three if they end up winning the presidency. Um, many people are waiting to see uh, who will run uh, and who will not run, but we do know one, per- one incumbent who's up in 2020 who will not be running. Uh, this week, Senator Lamar Alexander, Republican from Tennessee, announced... Uh, he will not run for re-election in 2020. Uh, Alexander has served in the seat for three terms, um, and he said, and he has said now he's he's serving in Tennessee, and he has said that he is done after 2020. Uh, soon to be, uh, uh, or the current governor Bill Haslam, who will be retiring uh, from his job as governor of Tennessee in January is currently considering uh, running to replace Alexander in this seat. Um, uh, It should also be noted that the mayor of Chattanooga, uh, who is a Democrat, is also considering a run for this seat. Um, And also in terms of retiring incumbents, uh, Pat Roberts, the senator from Kansas, says he's not sure whether he's going to run for another term. Uh, Roberts has served in the seat since 1997, uh, so over 20 years. Um, he is unsure as to whether he will run again. Um, 
Pat, uh, Pat Roberts ran in a competitive race in 2014, not against a Democrat, but against an independent. Um, and he won by about nine points, which was better than expected, but still co- more close than comfort for a state like uh, Kansas. Um, and uh, in uh, tennis, especially since this was in 2014, which was a wave year, for Republicans when they took back the Senate and gained nine seats. And in, uh, in Tennessee, um, uh, this past midterm, there was a competitive election. Bob Corker retired, um, and uh, there was a competitive election. However, the Republican who succeeded him won by nine points. Uh, Marsha Blackburn over the governor, uh, uh, over the former governor of that state, um, uh, 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 let me look up what, uh, I can't remember what his name is. Um, oh, Phil Bredesen, Phil Bredesen, uh, by, and she won by about nine points. What are your thoughts on, uh, uh, Lamar Alexander retiring? And do you think this changes anything about the landscape of the 2020 Senate map? Uh, I don't think it really changes much. I, I, I think that senators they uh they should only have a certain amount of term you know it should it should be term limits they're just in there too long and so it, it's kind of too um it's too soon to tell I can't really tell if it'll change the landscape or not but I I like I really wish there would be a lot more uh, term limit because there's just some of them are in there just way too long they're becoming you know, mm-hmm. career politicians I don't like that. Is there anybody specifically you'd like to see run? Uh, in Tennessee or Kansas, if Pat Roberts uh, decides to retire, or or are you indifferent on that? Yeah, it doesn't. As long as there's someone who's not, uh, you know, who's who's uh, conservative or libertarian, not not another establishment, that'll be fine. All right. Anything else you have to say on this issue, or should we move on? No. All right. So John Kyle, we talked about a little while ago, John Kyle uh, retired, which was rumored. There was a rumor that John Kyle, who was appointed the former U.S. senator, who was appointed back to the Senate by Governor by Republican Governor Doug Ducey uh, from Arizona um, after John McCain's death. um, There was a rumor he was going to resign and be replaced by Martha McSally. Um, and it looks like we already, we knew that he was going to resign. Um, and now it looks like McSally will indeed replace him in the United States, uh, Senate, uh, Doug Ducey announced this week that Martha McSally would be taking the reins for John Kyle. Um, it is completely confirmed as of this point. What are your thoughts on Martha McSally being appointed to the seat. Well, I remember, I recall on, we talked about this before when you had the Texan on, I don't remember his name. But, uh, uh, but did, Bennett, yeah, Bennett Martin. Right. And I did say that you would ask that, I guess, the son-in-law of uh, McCain, I believe, he said yeah. was against it, but I said that that wouldn't make a difference. So apparently it really didn't make a difference. Yes. So essentially, McSally, she was she's currently a congresswoman. She's retiring in January. 
the re uh, the reason she chose not to run for re-election in Congress this year is because she tried to run for Jeff Flake's seat in the Senate, and she ended up winning the nomination. She took down Kelly Ward, the state senator who challenged McCain in 2016, uh, and uh, and um, Joe Arpaio in the primary. But then she ended up losing to Kristen Cinema, uh, the Democratic Congresswoman, narrowly. Uh, in the general election, and she conceded. Um, but then a report came out, because John Kyle said once he was appointed to the seat that he would not run in the special election, which leaves the seat open uh, in Jan- in uh, 2020, which gives Democrats uh, an opportunity to pick up that seat. So Doug Ducey decided to appoint McSally to that seat. He, uh, he decided to appoint McSally to that seat because... Um, by her being in that seat, that decreases the likelihood that Democrats are going to pick up that seat because now that means there's there's an incumbent who's probably going to run for that seat. It's not confirmed whether McSally is going to run in 2020, but many people believe that she will, whereas Kyle said he would not run in 2020. Um, and that became a rumor instantly was that Kyle was going to retire so that Doug Ducey could do that. He could appoint McSally to that seat. Um, and now that rumor, last week it had been confirmed that Kyle was retiring, and now it's been confirmed that McSally is running. And uh, Cindy McCain, the uh, the widow of John McCain, uh, did say that, let me try and pull up the tweet, she did say that she... Um, uh, uh, she did say that she, uh, she did a poll, even though she, her daughter and her son-in-law, uh, even though they bashed the decision, the initial idea, they didn't, they didn't respond after she was appointed, but they bashed the initial idea of, um, of McSally getting that seat. She did uh, applaud um, uh, Doug Ducey after she appointed him. Let me see if I can... Uh, uh, pull up the tweet. Um, or okay, here, here, here's a. Uh, all right, I just pulled up a website. Uh, from a uh, a an Arizona local news source, which talks about the uh, the response from a bunch of McCain's uh, uh family. Um, and so here's here's what Cindy McCain said. Uh, she says uh, on Twitter in a tweet, she says, my husband's greatest legacy was placing service to Arizona and the United States of America ahead of his own interest. I respect Doug Ducey's uh, appo- uh, decision to appoint Representative McSally to fill the rest of his term. Arizona, oh, Arizonans will be pulling for her, hoping that she will follow his example of selfless leadership. Uh, and it looks like she's the only one that has responded to this. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. Well, I hope she doesn't follow his leadership because, as you know, he wasn't—he wasn't—he was a rhino. So, not—not not that I'm, you know, saying anything bad about him, but I just don't want her to follow his footsteps. Yes, and I believe that um, she is more conservative. Than, uh, than John McCain or Jeff Flake were because she very much tied herself to Trump. Uh, she very much tied herself to populism. 
uh, during the 2018 Senate campaign. Um, and I believe she she talked about the wall a lot. That's that's good. And right now, I believe um, it's also been reported um, that the former attorney general of Arizona. Let me see if I can pull up his name. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Grant Woods. Grant Woods, um, who was a Republican attorney general, although he was. Uh, very much a moderate during that uh, his time in office. Um, uh, he was very much a moderate during his time in office. Uh, the um, it looks like he is thinking about running uh, for that seat because he was a good friend of John McCain's, um, and again he was uh, he was always a, he was a Republican. He was, a, he was registered Republican, but he was always a moderate attorney general. He endorsed uh, Hillary Clinton in the 2016 election. And just recently, just a few weeks ago, around the time that Doug Ducey, uh, right before, right when it was announced that Kyle would be retiring or that he would be resigning at the end of the year, he announced uh, that he would be, he, he had changed his uh, party registration from Republican to Democrat, which means which has led many people to assume he could be running for McCain's seat as a Democrat in 2020 in the special election. Hmm. Yeah, I hopefully he doesn't win. All right. Anything else you have to say on this issue or should we move on? No, we should move on. All right. So the 2020 election is uh, is getting heated up right now. Former HUD secretary Julian Castro, uh, who is also the former mayor of San Antonio uh, and the brother of Congressman Joaquin Castro, uh, or he's actually the twin brother of Congressman Joaquin Castro, um, has uh, uh, has started an exploration committee. For the presidency, um, I believe he set a date. Let me see if I can find it. Um, uh, he has set a date as to in January as to whether he w- uh, as to whether he will make uh, an announcement. Um, uh, um, let's see if I can find it. Yes, he said that on January 12th, um, uh, in 2019, he will make an announcement on 2020. He will say as to whether he will be making a run or whether he will not be making a run. He will be making that announcement on January 20th, sorry, on January 12th, 2019. Um, Right now, there are two declared Democrats, two declared major Democrats. There's John Delaney. The uh, soon the retiring congressman from Maryland, uh, who made his announcement uh, in July of 2017, not long after Donald Trump uh, took office, uh, or not long after Donald Trump took office, just a few months afterwards, just six months after Donald Trump took office as president, um, and Richard Ojeda, who made his uh, Richard Ojeda was a candidate for Congress in West Virginia this year. He made national headlines 
He ran in West Virginia. He ended up narrowly losing. He has announced that he made the announcement that he would be running. He's a state senator right now. He made the announcement that he would run uh, just one week after uh, losing in the 2018 midterms. On top of all this, it has also been reported that Kamala Harris, the senator from California, is expected to make an announcement as to whether she will run or not for the presidency in in, uh, January. What are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, I, I just don't see anyone in this point of history right now that's gonna that's gonna beat uh, Trump right now. And I'm, I'm, something's really bad has to happen in order for you know most of the country to, to turn on him. I don't think anyone. I don't think he's. I think he's unstoppable right now. I don't think that there's anyone out there that's gonna be able to, to um, dethrone him. All right. Um, anything else you have to say on this issue? Uh, no, I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see. But it, to me, I thought, like, for instance, pulling out of Syria, that was one of his campaigns uh, that he promised another one. Yeah, that he kept, we'll talk so. about that a little later. Right. So I, I think that right for now, I'm going to say that there's no one out there to stop him right now. All right. Well, let's move on. So, a speaking of 2020, a draft Beto uh, group has begun. Typically, when these draft groups come out, it typically means that um, that person is going to run. So, they've already started a... We talked a few weeks... I think a couple weeks ago, I talked about with my guest how they've already started a draft Bernie group. Um but right now, um, it is looking like they will have um, a draft. Uh, it looks like a draft Beto group uh, is going to happen as well. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I still, I don't know. I mean, you, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if Hillary is going to run. I think that she is. I don't. I think she's not going to give up. She felt that she was maybe cheated, so she's going to try again. So you'll have her in there. Then you're going to have Bernie in there. And then uh, Beto. So I don't know. It's going to be a messy, uh, messy Democrat. It's going to be bloody, like like how Republicans were bloody with, with Trump and was it, I don't know, all the other 13 or whatever. It's going to be just as bad as that, if not worse, I think, uh, this time around on the Democrat side. So it's going to be fun to watch. Hmm. All right. Uh, anything else you have to say on that issue, or should we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Okay. Uh, so, uh, uh, right now, um, Governor Roy Cooper, he is the Democratic governor of North Carolina, uh, he had two major vetoes this week. So we talked about, I think last week when you were on, we talked about how there's a bit of a um, in the ninth uh, district, congressional district of North Carolina. Um, and there, there are some, there is reason to believe by some people that the Republican uh, may have, um, right now there are some uh, suspicions and some sources claiming that uh, the Republican may have done some dirty things 
to get votes or to uh, to allow election fraud or allow voter fraud uh, to get elected. So Mark Harris, uh, yeah, Mark Harris is the uh, Republican. Um, uh, he is the Republican. Uh, so, um, and let me look up what the Democrats' name is. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Mark Harris and Dan McCready. Dan McCready is the Democrat. Um, on election day, Mark Harris won 49.3 to 49.8 over his Democratic opponent. But now, we talked about last week, Dan McCready rescinded his uh, concession after allegations that Mark Harris might have used voter fraud to win. Um, so, uh, now it is looking like, um, now it is looking like, um, Mark Harris, uh, that election is getting messy, but there was a rumor that Republicans were going to try and ditch Mark Harris because of the alleged controversies, uh, surrounding what, you know, what he had done, um, but it looks like that is not that's not going to happen because um uh or it looks like that's not going to happen because the governor uh the democratic governor of North Carolina Roy Cooper vetoed a bill to allow another primary uh to happen uh so that's off the table but he also vetoed a bill to allow voter ID laws uh in the state uh, or to have voter ID laws, which had passed through the, the North Carolina legislature. However, the Republican legislature in North Carolina overrid that veto. So now um, uh, they will have voter ID laws in the state in 2020. Um, and that's going to be a big year in North Carolina for a number of reasons. A, it's a swing state. We already know the Republicans will be holding their convention in North Carolina in 2020. Um, and B, on top of that, there's uh, Roy Cooper, the governor there, is going to be up for re-election that year, the Democrat. And then there's also going to be what is expected to be a competitive uh, Senate race in North Carolina as the incumbent uh, Republican – uh, is going to try and hold on to his seat. Um, so um, that is going to be interesting. But what are your thoughts on uh, all the all this? Well, typically, I, I would say voters fraud when it comes to that. It's typically on the Democrat side. So not to say that the Republicans couldn't or didn't do it, but it's just find I find it more difficult to believe than than the Democrats doing that. So I don't know about about uh, the voters fraud, but I'm also happy that the uh, veto, I mean, the veto was overridden as far as voter ID because it really should be, it should be done in every state because that's how you get voters fraud. You have all these illegals who vote sometimes, even in my own state, when I go to vote and they don't ask me for my ID, I get angry and I actually tell them, why are you not asking me for ID? This is this makes no sense to me. So, I I, I like the fact that they uh, they overrode that veto. And what were your thoughts about the allegations that uh, Mark Harris, the Republican, might have been illegally gaining votes? Yeah, I I don't know. 
I, I don't want I'm not that I'm biased, but it just it's out of character for Republicans to do stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't I I would have to to see the evidence of it. All right. Uh anything else you want to say or should we move on? No, we should move on. Okay. Um so let's talk about uh the this week a bipartisan uh criminal justice reform bill passed in the US Senate. Uh, it passed overwhelmingly. Some Republicans voted against it, even though the bill was supported by President Trump and pushed by his son-in-law, Jared Kushner. Um, but uh, it did pass overwhelmingly with overwhelming support from uh, Republicans and Democrats. Um, uh, it, part of the, this bill does many things, including uh, ending mass incarceration um, and uh, uh, in uh, these, um, in the House, it has not passed yet, but it is expected. Uh, uh, it is expected to pass easily. What were your thoughts on this criminal justice reform bill? Yeah, I, I thought thought that uh, re- reform, you know, actual reform should have been done so many years ago. So, I think that this is a, a step in the right direction, and it should have been done a long time ago. And hopefully it, uh, it it turns out the way that it's intended to turn out. So I hope hope that it uh, that it does a lot of good. In, on paper, it seems really good. So, but as you know, things on paper and things and being done actually done, it doesn't always turn out the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Um, were, were there any things in this bill you disagreed with? I didn't really get to get a chance to look over the bill. I mean, I saw when he did the press conference and he had people talk about it so I did but I didn't actually look over the, the bill as yet is there uh, anything that particularly that st- stood out to you as a red flag or um not not really to me but I was interested to hear what you thought um uh, what were your thoughts what, what are your thoughts on well I think one of the things they said was um you couldn't shackle uh women that were pregnant that was one thing in the bill um, now I had no problems with it, but you know, I don't, I don't typically tend to talk about my opinions lately on this show, but, um, one of the things that was in the bill, um, they talk about, uh, uh, you can't shackle a woman, a woman, uh, if they're in, if they're pregnant, if a woman is in prison and she's pregnant, you cannot shackle a woman. Um, and this only goes for federal prisons. These aren't for state prisons. You cannot shackle a woman who is pregnant because that could do harm to the unborn child uh, in the womb. That was part of what was in the bill. Um, what, 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 are your, what were your thoughts on that part of the bill? Well, to me, if it depends on, on well, if you're in federal, federal prison, it's probably something really bad. But I think that, you know, they should be shackled, whether you use something that's more light, you know, like a, lighter metal or something else they should they still should be shackled if you're if you're a hardened criminal and you did something really bad if you're unshackled the woman if pregnant or not she's going to be dangerous i think and she would try to escape so i think that they should still have them shackled as long as you know maybe use something lighter but still shackle them do you think that it could be more expensive to uh, to get a different type of shackle because that could require more 
taxpayer dollars since this is, you know, for a federal prison. Yeah, that is that is that you have a good point there. I, I don't yeah, I don't want them to use tax dollars for that. I mean, I still don't want a, a dangerous woman to be unshackled because she will use that to her, her advantage saying that I'm pregnant. And and how pregnant are they talking about when you know how many months pregnant? Yeah. Did they, did they say it didn't doesn't really say so let's say she just she's only a couple of months pregnant she's it's this you know she's still this dangerous and could escape so i, I don't, yeah there yeah, are I still some it. research there is some research to suggest even at that point it could shackling a woman at least with the shackles they currently have could be could still have a lot of harm towards the the unborn child even at that point in the pregnancy Right. Yeah. Even if if they could use like something like zip ties, like a more industrial strength zip ties, I don't know how expensive that would be. Yeah. Um, but Donald Trump does support this bill and it is expected that he will sign the bill, assuming that it does pass in the House, which it is expected to, to pass in the House since it passed overwhelmingly. I think it passed 85 to 12 in the Senate. Um, which was a surprise because some uh, some members of the Senate uh, had a few problems with it, but it did pass overwhelmingly, and now it's expected to overwhelmingly pass in the House as well, in which case Donald Trump has said that he will, or he hasn't officially said whether he has signed, he'll sign the bill, but he did support initially support the bill, which means that chances are he'll probably sign it into law. Yeah, I agree. He's, I think he's going to sign it into law. If it passes the house. All right. Anything else you have to say on this issue or should we move on? No, we should move on. All right. So um, the next story uh, is, and I know you want to talk about this, Trump getting out of Syria. Uh, Let me see if I can find the original tweet from Trump. So Trump announced this week he will be removing uh he will be removing uh, U.S. forces uh, from Syria. Um, let's see if I can. Uh, um, find it. Uh, uh, well, he posted many, but he did say in his original tweet that ISIS was defeated and that was the only reason to be in Syria. And that is why he has now uh, decided to to withdraw forces from Syria. Many Republicans in his own party have been been bashing him. Um, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican from South Carolina, said it would be an Obama-like mistake to withdraw the troops from Syria and Senator Marco Rubio, Republican from Florida also reiterated what Graham said. It should be noted. Both of these men were Trump's opponents in the Republican primary in 2016. Um, um, however, uh, uh, Oh, Hillary Clinton has also, uh, um, uh, 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 has also slammed uh, Trump's withdrawal from Syria, saying that he saying, "quote The president is putting our national security 
at grave risk. Um, uh, however, um, uh, incoming GOP lawmaker uh, 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 Dan Crenshaw has also already uh, penned an op-ed uh, knocking Trump. Uh, right now, the U.S. envoy uh, to uh, Syria, Brett uh, uh, McGirt, has also quit over the Trump-Syria pullout. Um, and it's rumored, we'll get to the Mattis story a little bit later, but there is a rumor that Defense Secretary James Mattis might have left partially because of the Syria decision. However, some lawmakers are praising the decision. Ron Paul, uh, the presidential candidate in 2008 and 2012, who, uh, for the Republican pres- presidential candidate in 2008 and 2012, and the former uh, lawmaker or, and the former uh, congressman from Texas for many years, has said, has called Trump's decision to withdraw from Syria fantastic. What are your thoughts on the uh, Trump removing himself from Syria? Yeah, I, I think that we should be gone. And, and Pat, Buch- Pat Buchanan also told him to stand firm and don't don't buckle and, and waver on, on what he's doing. But, yes. Uh, and yeah, Pat I, Buchanan, was when he ran in 1992, he was against uh, U.S. involvement in, uh, in uh, the Gulf War. He was against that. And many... Libertarians supported him for that reason. Um, there was a guy named uh, Murray Rothbard, who was an anarchist, who actually founded something called Paleo Libertarianism, which was essentially um, right wing libertarianism. Um, and he started by supporting Pat Buchanan. Um, uh, so so that, that 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 mainly is part of the reason why a lot of people. You know why? Why Pat Buchanan? That kind of explains his non-interventionism. If anybody was wondering, but sorry, continue. Yeah, right. And uh, it's no surprise that Lindsey Graham is against it. He's one of these guys who likes war. You know, he's one of those, those, uh, those guys who. And Mattis, that would be a great thing if he's if he leaves. That's fine with me as well. I, I think it's a we should, we should be gone. We we accomplished the mission, and we should be gone. It's 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 mainly a fight between ISIS with um with uh who's out there with with the Russians and I forget who else is out there. It's not really with you know we did what we were supposed to do. I think we it's about time we should come out of a lot of places that we shouldn't be in the Middle East. It's none of our business. So I think that we we should get out of a lot of places. Afghanistan. I don't know how long we're supposed to stay there forever. He did say he was thinking about getting us out of Afghanistan, too. He was thinking about pulling us out of Afghanistan. He did hint at that. Well, I, I hope he does. Because didn't we go there because of bin Laden? And if, if that that was the case, when bin Laden is gone now, so why are we still there? Yes. All right. Um, anything else you have to say on that uh, on this issue? No. All right. Um so let's talk about uh, the uh, the government. The government is officially shut down. It is official. It is one hundred percent. It is shut down at least partially. It's a partial shutdown. Um, and this is over the wall funding. 
Uh, Trump has said he will not sign a spending bill. He's putting his foot down and he's uh, saying he will not sign a, a spending bill uh, unless the spending bill includes funding for the proposed border wall, which was a campaign promise during the 2016 presidential race. But um, he is saying that he uh, will not sign a bill with um, uh, uh, without that. Um, um, and uh, he's also said that um, He's also said that the uh, the border wall funding he's saying he he's uh right he's also uh, urged Senator Mitch McConnell the Senate Majority Leader from Kentucky to uh to change the rules so that they would only need six, 51 votes uh to pass a spending bill rather than 60 however I uh, I uh, Mitch McConnell did say that he would not do that as he feared the next time Democrats get a majority in the Senate, it could benefit them. Um, but uh, he has said that. Uh, um, but Trump has. Uh, but Mitch McConnell has also urged the president to abandon uh, the border wall. Uh, Trump fears this could be the last time he gets the potential as come January, Democrats will have control of the United States Senate uh, or of the United States House of Representatives, which means at least until uh, 2021, this could be the last time in Trump's first uh, term in office as president that he gets the potential uh, for border wall funding. Um, Also, uh, a GoFundMe has been started by a United States veteran in Florida to fund the wall. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, um, uh, and right now he's, he's raised $10 million in just two days. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I also saw, saw that, but I don't think, I also, I saw something that they're not going to be able to accept the money, so they might have to re- refund everyone. I read something like that. Yes, the way GoFundMe's user agreement works is if you don't get, the exact at least the the goal if you don't get to the goal uh, of their of, of their campaign then you don't get the money they they send the money back to everybody who donated money um so right now the goal is 1 billion dollars he's trying to 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 get 1 billion 1.2 billion dollars for the wall um but he has said that he will not um, but right now there's about, let me, let me look at the GoFundMe right now. Uh, um, it looks like he's up to $13 million. So it's still quite below what he needs. So if by the deadline or no, he's gotten $15 million, but still quite a bit under, it's still a lot, but it, it, he's still got a long way to go before he gets to $1 billion. And if he doesn't get to $1 billion, but Brian Colfidge is the guy who is funding this. And if Colfidge uh, doesn't um, get the required goal by the due date, then um, the money is sent back to everybody. Yeah, I just wonder where some of these 
conservative millionaires. They could, they should, should try to, you know, throw some money in there. But I doubt that will happen. But uh, I think that Trump is he he's right. This this might be his last opportunity to get the wall done in his first term. So uh, that, I think that's why he's put you know, he's put his foot down and he's he's not budging on it. And I'm I'm glad that he's doing that. But I wish he had done this from before instead of waiting until the last you know the last minute. Second. I wish yeah. he had done that before. So I, I don't. I'm, and the government being partially shut down, I said, good, let it be shut down. I mean, just the government wasn't meant to be doing all the things it's doing now anyway. So I say, just let it burn. Let it be shut down and just, you know, um, just have it run the essential stuff that it's supposed to do and all the other stuff. I say, just let it sit there. All right. Anything else you have to say about this issue or should we move on? No, let's move on. All right, so Democratic National Committee Chair Tom Perez is hinting that there will be 12 Democratic primary debates. He has confirmed there will be 12 Democratic primary debates. Half of them will be in 2020. Uh, the other half, or yeah, half of them will be in 2020, half of them will be in 2019. Um, he has said that there will be a back-to-back debate day uh, included as the six debates. Uh, or no, they won't be included into the six debates, but they'll have a back-to-back day so that the first day um, it'll be a build-up to the big debate and they'll have all the candidates that are not polling well. Um, the next day they will have uh, the top-tier uh, candidates um, who are doing well in the polls. Um, Now, the difference between this and the kiddie table debates that they had during the Republican primaries in 2016 is that the Republican kiddie table debates weren't um, they they didn't have a public audience. It was just um, it it, it was private. You could watch it on television, but there was nobody in the audience watching it outside of the moderators of the debate. The difference is this time there will be an audience. There will be an audience that is allowed to come and watch the minor Democratic candidates uh, perform. Um, But uh, the big debate next night and Tom Perez, he acknowledges that there will be a big. There will most likely be a big field. And this is why he is setting this up. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I do think it's going to be a big field. That's why I'm really excited to see what's going to happen. It's, I think it's going to it's going to be beneficial to the Republicans if they if the Democrat if there's a big field in the Democrat side. I'm not sure how big a field is going to be in the Republican side as yet. Have you heard anything? That's, um, it's, it's most likely that Donald Trump is going to be the nominee in 2020. I don't see many Republicans that, I mean, there's a rumor Kasich is going to do it, but I doubt Kasich is going to get in because Kasich is, um, he most likely won't have a chance and it could be a waste of money. So for that reason, I don't believe Kasich will get in. I think at the very worst, I think the only major candidate that could challenge Trump might be a former congressman. I think I've discussed in the past, I've discussed the idea that perhaps Joe Walsh uh, 
could try and run. He might say, you know, I have Tea Party backing on my side. Perhaps I could run against Trump. But it's more likely Joe Walsh will run on the libertarian line. Joe Walsh was a, an Illinois congressman from 19, from 2011 to 2013. Um, uh, it's more likely he will run. Um, but it, it, again, it's more likely he'll, he'll run on the libertarian line if he does run because he, he supported Trump in 2016, but he said right after Trump was inaugurated, he said if Trump screws up, he'll run as a libertarian. And this past year, he did say that he uh, was not impressed with Trump because of the way he handled uh, some of the meetings with Putin and his refusal to uh, criticize Putin. So he was upset about that. Um, and so so he, he has said that he no longer supports Trump. So that could imply that he is going to run as a libertarian unless he chooses to challenge Trump on the Republican line. Um, but aside from that, I don't see anybody who's going to challenge Trump, who's a major threat to the president. Um, there might be a few. Obviously, there are going to be people that register on the Republican line, but they're not major candidates. They're not. They're like people that nobody's ever heard of and will get no media attention. But I, I would say I'm about 99.9 percent sure Donald Trump will be the nominee for the Republicans in 2020. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. So I think it's going to be fun to watch the Democrats bloody up themselves as he just pretty much sit back and just get a lot of uh, ammo ready for whoever is, is going to uh, challenge it. Now, you say that. Now, it should be noted in 2016, Hillary Clinton didn't have much challenge in the Democratic primary she had bernie sanders and that was about it there were other candidates there were only three other major candidates that ran martin o'malley the former baltimore mayor and former maryland governor um uh jim webb the former virginia senator um and uh 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 lincoln chafee the former uh republican u.s senator and former independent governor who became a Democrat to run uh, for president. Um, outside of that, there weren't many people that. Oh, and he was a he was from Rhode Island. Uh, but outside of that, there weren't uh, many people that challenged her aside from Bernie Sanders, who was only a minor threat, arguably a minor threat to her chances of winning. Um, what are your thoughts on? And yet on the Republican side, there were tons and tons and tons of Republicans that opted to run against Trump. And yet in spite of that, uh, Donald Trump ended up winning. Um, So do you think that in spite of that, that might not help the Republicans? Or do you think it's guaranteed to help the Republicans if there's a large number of Democrats? No, it might not not help them. But I, I, I think this time around, I think there's a lot of, Democrats who don't want Hillary to be the nominee this time around. So I don't think it's going to go down like it did the last time. I don't know if she's as powerful as she was, you know, running that, you know, in 2016. So um, it, it should be, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Bernie Sanders this time, because we know that they rigged it the last time. So how, how different is he going to, you know, go after her this time if she uh, decides to run? So, it may not help the Republicans, but it's definitely going to be something to watch. 
One controversy over Ron Paul in 2012 was the fact that the media didn't give Ron Paul a lot of attention. Um, and right now, it looks like um, a lot of media sources have been uh, have been not really giving Bernie as much attention. A lot of uh, media sources have been leaving him out of 2020 rankings. Uh, a lot of sources, I think CNN released a top five most likely Democrats to be nominated in 2020 list. You saw everybody you think of, like Cory Booker, Biden, Kamala Harris, but there was no Bernie Sanders. So I don't know if history is repeating itself. Yeah, it's, it sounds like it is. If they're they already shutting them, they're already shutting them down already. So it appears that maybe history might be repeating itself. I I wouldn't be surprised though, because it's typical. They don't the lessons, and they keep they keep repeating the same mistake, expecting a different outcome. Yes. All right. Anything else you have to say, or should we? No, we should move on. All right. So, Defense Secretary James Mattis is leaving in February. This was confirmed this week, um, and he wrote a uh, a letter saying uh, in his resignation letter. He did say to President Trump, he said that Trump should find somebody who more aligns with his views. Uh, or what? What are your thoughts on? I, I absolutely agree with him on that. He he should definitely uh, align himself with someone who who uh, thinks the same way like he does, and so he could get his agenda, you know, done. I I don't think that matters. Uh, is is the person who uh who, you know he doesn't really see his view. He doesn't see the, the president's view, so he's not with his view. So I think that that's I agree with him on that. He should. All right. Anything else you have to say, or should we move on? No, just goodbye, Mattis. Don't let the door kick you on the way out. All right. Um. Well, let's uh, let's move on. So, um, let's go back to the governor's races in 2019 because it's looking like uh, Amy McGrath will not run for Kentucky governor. There was a strong rumor that Amy McGrath, the uh, candidate for Congress in 2018, would be running for the governorship in 2019. However, it looks like that won't be the case because she announced this week, again, she she came very close to defeating Andy Barr in a district Donald Trump won overwhelmingly, However, uh, she did not win. However, uh, she came close. And so there was a rumor that her people were apparently telling her to run. However, she made the decision personally not to run. She is a Democrat. She will not run in the field. So that right now that leaves um, Andy Bashir and um, uh, and uh, Rocky Adkins. Now, we, when I talk to uh, a Democrat who's trying to challenge Mitch McConnell in the 2020 Senate race, uh, he, I had him as a guest on my show. He said that there were multiple different Democrats in the wings ra- waiting to run, but he just could not say. And he was saying that that's probably going to be a crowded field of Democrats in that race um, for governor of Kentucky, because in Kentucky, even though it's a red state, there's a lot of high profile Democrats there. 
And he said that a lot of high, most of the high profile Democrats were really going to be pulling out the stops and trying to run for the governorship in 2020. Uh, And they, but they said that um, apparently we know now that Amy McGrath will not be one of them. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I haven't followed that too closely, so I don't know much details on that. But um, I don't know. I, I think that that uh, the Republicans are still. It's. I mean, Kentucky is is more more uh, Republicans or conservative than than not. So hopefully, uh, it, it remains the same. All right. Um, now, before we end, uh, this is going to be the last Politics Weekly episode of 2018. Um, so, uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, on 2018 as, as a whole? As a whole, as a whole, I think that, um, that the, the president, what, um, didn't help him get his agenda, you know, passed or anything. They allowed them oppose them, and I think it had to do because with with the the fake Russian dossier thing and the that investigation nonsense that just uh, they thought that it was real, and so they didn't jump on board to help him. Plus, they're, they're establishment Republicans, so I feel that they did too much infighting and. We, we could have gotten a lot more done if they were with him. So as a whole, I think that he could have gotten more done. But that being said, he still did a, a really, a, you know, if I had to give him a grade, I guess it would be like a B, B plus, because he, he with all the fighting with the media and his own party against him, he still accomplished quite a bit. So I'm hoping that, which I know is not going to happen, I'm, I'm pretty sure Nine, 2019 now I don't know if we're gonna get any better but we, hopefully it does but that that's my takeaway is that there was too much infighting and they weren't with the president and he couldn't he could have gotten a lot more done right and then Brett Kavanaugh was also confirmed this year what were your thoughts on that yeah that I also yeah thanks for reminding me of that 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 also was a fiasco that was I mean I I I'm kind of happy that it did happen only because it helped help the Republicans um, win the, you know, um, the majority in the Senate, but it didn't help help them in the House, but it did help them in the Senate, but it was just a mess. It was on, it should have been the, the Democrats, they, they, they knew what was going on and they just let it happen. They thought that it would help them somehow. And I, I, I want to say it backfired on them. Do you think, well, you say it backfired on them. Do you think it could help them or hurt them uh, when they're trying to challenge Susan Collins in 2020? Uh, yeah, that's a good question because she did uh, event, she did vote f- to, to, uh, confirm to, confirm, to, yeah, right, to confirm him. So that's, that's a good question. I mean, she did come out and, and uh, state her reasons and it sounded reasonable to me. So I guess it uh, it depends on how reasonable it sounded to her constituents. Do, do they, do they, uh, even if they don't agree with her, do they at least see her reasoning for voting there? So I think it, it may help the may help the, the Democrats, but I'm hoping that that her that people who are, who are in her state that they will 
they listened to what she said and and uh even if they didn't agree they understand why she did it and they won't hold it against her but that that you know remains to be seen all right what what would you say are the highlights of 2018 in your mind the highlights um, uh i one of the highlights i guess uh would be even though it's not completely gone or maybe it's, it's going to be Obamacare that was completely dismantled. So I would say like that was one of the highlights. Um, what else would, um, let's see, let me think. Um, uh, Kavanaugh being nominated and, you know, having another uh, conservative justice there. Um, what else? Uh, I think um, I think those were two two main highlights to me. Anyway, I try and think off the top of my head right now. Um, ISIS was you know they're pretty much pretty much gone. They're not as powerful as they were, so that was also a highlight to me. And what were your thoughts um, this year? Uh, Politics Weekly. This is the first year Politics Weekly came on, and as you know, you were the guest on many episodes. What were your thoughts on that? I I, uh, I had lots of fun coming on coming on your show, and you know it, it's it's a, a fair platform, and you 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 know you you take many sides of the spectrum, not just conservative, libertarian or liberals or Democrats, you take all in between and you have some lively debates. I could, I could think of one with, uh, with Omar, that was a pretty lively uh, debate there. So, yeah. I, so yeah, I, I had a lot of fun and, and hopefully I'm invited in 2019 again. All right. Thank you. Thank you again. Uh, well, thank you for that. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, anything else uh, before we go? Anything else you have to say about uh, 2018, or anything else you have to say about the news? Um, no, I mean, is 2019 is going to be a difficult year? I could see it already. If Nancy Pelosi is going to be the uh, the the Speaker of the House again, because I mean, I never liked her, but she did did a, a great job of getting things done that she wanted to get done. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what's gonna happen because they're already clashing already, and also with Chuck Schumer. So it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a messy 2019. It's definitely gonna be messy. It's not gonna if we if we thought 2018 was messy, just hold on to your seats because it's gonna be a wild one. Yeah. All right. Uh. Well. Before you go, why don't you tell people where you can be found if they're new, and just in case they're new listeners. Yeah, you can find me at politicalbombshow.cf, or if you're into Snapchat, I'm always posting all kinds of stuff there. P Bombshow. All right. Thank you again for joining me. Uh, Merry Christmas, and Merry Christmas to everybody listening. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Thanks for having me. Of course. Bye. Bye.